again, friends and fellow truth seekers. Mike Nicholas here with another episode of the Soul Unleashed podcast, where my goal is to help you break out of old paradigms, ask the right questions in your search for a deeper meaning for your life, and help you shift from a spiritual skeptic to a free thinker. Let's dive in with today's adventure. Hello again, friends. Today's subject for this podcast is about manifesting. Now, I, I spoke about this topic before, and the reason I want to return to it is just some things that have happened in the past couple days. There's a lot of misconceptions about manifesting and what it is, and honestly, if I knew everything about it and was all that great or an expert about it, I would have already manifested myself the uh, billion-dollar lottery ticket, right? And so the, the last thing I'd be doing right now is a podcast. But I do think, I do believe that manifesting is a real thing. And I just want to talk about some things that happened the past few days. So, you know, one of the things I've mentioned that I do every morning is I say this mantra, if you will, or this saying to myself. I start the day out by saying, no matter where I'm going, no matter what I'm doing, my dominant intention today is to see what I want to see. And that's how I approach the day. And for weeks now, things have been wonderful. My, my wife's been doing really well. Things have just been really, really going very well. And I find myself much happier throughout the day. And I also am still doing what I explained before is segment intending, where I intend for specific things or segments of the day to go a certain way. So what happened with my wife here lately is she was recently her condition has improved, so she's recently been moved from the LCAT, it's called, or LTAC, Long-Term Acute Care Hospital, into a skilled nursing facility, or SNF. And that's great, and she's been doing very well, and I've talked about her in a previous podcast. It's basically a miracle that she's she's made this incredible improvement, and she's now on the SNF. So she was moved to the skilled nursing facility on Friday night. And I did not have the opportunity to, to see that, or I had no clue what the SNP even looked like. So I went to see it yesterday. I visited her for the first time. And I went to the room. I walked into the room, and it looks a lot like a hospital corridor. There's a nurse desk, and there's, there's hospital-looking rooms. But the rooms are bigger, and there's, it, there's more room around the beds. But I noticed that my wife did not have a roommate. There was a bed there, but there was nobody in the bed. And there were some things up on the wall that indicated that there had been perhaps somebody in that room before. and But the television was on, and it was really loud and annoying. I was trying to talk to my wife. And now is probably a good time to mention that in the ICU and the LTAC and the skilled nursing facility, every patient has his or her own television. So when I talk about turning the television off, I'm talking about turning off the television that belonged to that other person. <laughs> so everybody has their own television and everybody has their own remote. Now, our experience over the past 14 weeks has been 14 weeks in an ICU or in the LTAC. And both of those places, when you have roommates, you know, generally no one's aware of what's going on with the television. They turn the television on really as background noise. And there have been many cases where there was no roommate or the roommate was completely out of it, I would just turn the television off so that my wife wasn't distracted. One one roommate she had had a penchant for horror movies, and the horror, horror movies were on all the time. 
that particular roommate was aware and conscious, and so we couldn't turn the TV off, of course, but it's just, it can just be annoying. So in this case, the television's on. I went over to the, the bed, and I, I found the remote, and I turned the television off. And honestly, I thought that the person who was in that bed or had formerly been in that bed had, was probably now part of the great beyond because when a person disappears from the bed in the ICU or the LTAC, that person has, you know, basically checked out permanently. That's what I thought, but I was, I was mistaken. And so what happened about 20 minutes later was the occupant of that bed, my wife's roommate, was wheeled back in by, by an orderly and she was in a wheelchair. And of course, right away, she noticed that uh, somebody had been uh, tasting her pudding, so to speak. <laughs> her TV was off. And she said, who turned off my television? And she went on yelling about this, very upset. I, you know, had I been a little smarter, I probably just kept my mouth shut. I was really actually on the southern side of this curtain. And I said, ma'am, I'm sorry, I apologize. I, I turned it off and I didn't, I didn't know that you were coming back. I didn't want to tell her that I thought she was in part of the great beyond, but that did not help things. It only got worse. So she, she, she went on yelling for a supervisor and she wanted people to come in. Nobody came into the room and she said, I, did you touch my remote? Yes. I'm sorry. I touched your remote. I have no idea where your hands have been. I have no idea what you've touched. I have no, man, it was, uh, it was uncomfortable. And after a while, she stopped actually talking to me and she was just yelling at the wall or the television or whatever. She just kept going. And I, I got up and I said, ma'am, I'll go get somebody to, to wipe it down for you. I'll, I'll get the, the new super supervisor. She can wipe your remote down. I don't want anything from you. I don't want anything from you. Don't you do anything. So that was how the afternoon went. And I spent time with my wife and stayed there. But when I walked out, it was just even uncomfortable walking past this lady, walking between her and her television. And I went out to the supervisor at the desk and I said, ma'am, I just want you to know that um, I, I really upset our, our roommate in that room and she's justifiably upset. I touched her remote. I honestly didn't think that there was anybody in that bed or that whoever was in that bed was gone. And I didn't realize that, you know, people here in the skilled nursing facility they get taken out for social things and they go to play games or it's a whole different culture there. And I, I that's one thing I didn't, <laughs> I didn't appreciate after, you know, 14 weeks in, in critical care rooms. I was an idiot, basically. Anyway, the nursing supervisor said, hey, no problem. Uh, I understand. We got it. So today when I got up and I, I did my normal no matter where I'm going, no matter what I'm doing, my dominant intention today is to see what I want to see. I was thinking in my head about this situation with my wife's roommate, that I, I didn't want to be uncomfortable again. I didn't want to be a complete mess again. And when I was walking over or driving over to the hospital, I made my attention for the segment like I always do. The segment intention was, of course, a safe drive to the hospital. But also when I got there, I want to have things go at least peaceably in the room. So I went up to the room, went into the room, and there everybody was watching the Washington Commanders football game. She was too, this lady. And so she was, she was very focused on that. And I had to go between her and her television again, of course. And she goes, hey, hey, you. 
like I said, yes, yes, ma'am. She goes, I'm going to have to leave today for a little while because I'm going to go to church, but don't you turn off my television. So I said, no, no, ma'am, I won't. I will go nowhere near your television. And don't you touch my remote. No, ma'am, I will not touch, touch your remote. So at least she spoke to me, right? And, and that seemed to pacify her or mollify her, and, and uh, she paid no more attention to me. And I went over and I sat down, and about the time she said she was leaving, you know, the orderly came back and took her away, and her television was still on, and I, believe me, I didn't touch her television. And, uh, heck, I was watching the game anyway. But after a little while, the nursing supervisor for today came into the room, and she said, Mr. Nicholas, I just need to tell you that your wife's roommate is crazy. <laughs> I said, pardon me? She goes, I'm sorry, but she is just, she's very difficult to work with. Nobody can come in this room and even work with her except me. And I'm the only one brave enough to come in here and do things for her. But I can tell you this, whatever happened yesterday, it wouldn't have made any difference. She didn't want a roommate in the first place. She didn't want your wife in here. And no matter what you've done, she, she wasn't going to like you from the very beginning. I said, oh, okay, fine. She said, you, you could have probably bought her a new remote and a new television. It wouldn't have made any difference. She, she just, she's just a very, very uh, troublesome person. So my first thought, of course, was, hey, swell. I'm so glad my wife is in this room. But the overall effect of everything was she reassured us that everything was going to be okay, that everything was going to be fine. She was keeping an eye on my wife. And I felt better about the situation than about the fact that this lady was, uh, you know, they knew, they knew that she was an unhappy person to begin with. And uh, I was never going to go anywhere near her television again. So that's the story about manifesting or segment intending, where I intended for a specific thing to happen today. And I, I'd like to think that, that that was a cause and effect of what, what occurred today. And in terms of manifesting, the main thing is that you, you think about what it is that you want to happen and that you believe it's going to happen. And it did today. It was, it was pretty awesome. So I still struggle, honestly, with the whole thing about prayer versus manifesting. Manifesting isn't something where you just think about it, boom, and it shows up. You know, I want to manifest a brand new BMW in my driveway, boom, it shows up. You've got to do action. You've got to do things. You've got to make steps towards what it is that you want to happen, manifesting-wise. And then all the synchronicities of the universe take place to cause things to happen. And, and that's kind of where I'm heading right now in terms of what I believe. And I'm not sure where you are on your journey, whether you're practicing or thinking about manifesting. But if you are, and if it's working for you, you know, drop me a drop me an email. My email is pretty simple. It's just Mike at MikeNicholas.com. Mike at MikeNicholas.com. And let me know if, if you've got any manifesting stories. Maybe we can do a, a podcast interview and you can let me know. We can share that with the, with the world. So that's my my podcast for today. This is something I, a lot of times in podcasting, I don't even know what it is I want to talk about until something happens in my life that causes me to, to say, hey, that applies to this part of the spiritual journey that I'm on. And I think in the past couple of days, it has just added to this whole dimension of uh, spiritual awakening, my soul uh, being unleashed, basically, as, uh, as time goes on. So thanks for listening, and I look forward to our next podcast. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up things for today. 
Can you do me a favor? Can you hit the subscribe button wherever you download this podcast? That way, you'll never miss an episode. And even more importantly, can you leave a review? On most phones, you just need to scroll down below the episodes and you'll see the review options. Both things will help other seekers, such as yourself, find this podcast more easily. And that's what I'm looking for. More awesome people like you. So thank you until next time. Bye-bye.